So I was I was thinking. I've been thinking about this, and I wanted to get your guys' thoughts. Yeah. He can't stop thinking about it. He's awake at night, <laughs> screaming into the void. So Toby we, wakes him, flailing. Stop it! Stop it! We live in a world where we can pretty much watch any movie that we can think of that exists. You know, there are some lost films from the early, you know, 1910s, 1920s, sure. But... Oh, those are long gone. If you want, you can go back and watch it. And it blows my mind to think one day I'm going to be able to... I'm going to not be able to watch new films. What do you mean? Like, we can go back through the history of film and watch everything. But we cannot go... That, that ends someday. Like... When we're all dead? Yeah, essentially. Okay, where's this going? Are you saying there are no movies in heaven? Is that what you're <laughs> leaving us? Is this in a my theological heaven. discussion? No, no, but like, I don't know. Have you ever just thought about, like... Like, like I thought about this as a kid during, the, like, the Star Wars prequels. Like, oh, man, it would really suck now to die in between Attack of the Clones and Return of the Sith. And not just, you know, see how it ends. That would probably well, yeah. be the, the worst time to die as a Star Wars fan. Because, like, oh, these are all going to be terrible. <laughs> yeah. If I died and Attack of the Clones was the last movie I saw, I would be so upset. I mean, isn't that how we all felt going into COVID? The last movie I saw was Cats. Oh, great. I'm going to die, and the last film I watched was Beetlejuice. <laughs> Mine was Birds of Prey, so I felt pretty comfortable Birds with that being my last film if it came down to it. Exactly. Mine was, mine was Onward, and that was pretty disappointing. Yes, I saw was. Emma I was... with Anna Taylor-Joy for some reason, and I was so bored. <laughs> That's back when I would see everything, you know. Before I got a wife. But it, but at least it would sound like you died with class. Like, oh, he went and saw Emma. I saw The Grudge 2020 just because Sam Raimi produced it and regretted everything I had ever done up to that point. <laughs> All right, here we go. Quiet. Problem. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. I see you shiver. With anticipation, taking your first step into a larger world. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. Isn't that a daisy? When they get to love me, it's indescribably beautiful. It reminds me of the Fourth of July. Speaking of Sam Raimi, I, I just found out today that he had put his name in the running for The Hobbits. Stop. Uh, I think it was when it was just one or two. Stop it. Like, it was him and Del Toro, and they went with Del Toro. I would have had to have been a Tolkien fan. And then Del Toro didn't do it. Like, those two have, well, more so... Um, <laughs> Peter Jackson's so, like, crap! I gotta do all yeah. these. More so Del Toro, but like... Uh, like major finishing problems like yeah christopher lee and ian mckellen are gonna die at any moment we gotta film these stupid movies <laughs> i don't oh. know i feel i feel like Raimi's faults with finishing or studio related same with del toro really mm-hmm. i don't know i i you know and I, i'm not as well read on it as i would i would care to be but um I don't know. I just remember there was this stretch of time, um, probably like mid mid twenty tens, where Del Toro was like, "Oh yeah, and I'm gonna do this film. Oh yeah, and I'm gonna do that film." He's and, oh, the Neil yeah, Blomkamp do- of his generation. Yeah, I'm gonna do the Mountains of Madness, <laughs> and I'm like, 
what? And then none of the films have come out. He was like tag, tied onto a Justice League Dark. He was but that's yeah. like Hollywood, though. Is that that's not on him? It's just he's too know. excited and announces things before he teased Mason. That's all that matters. I don't know. He's counting his chickens before they hatch. Yeah, well, I don't know. I like he's he's the main one who that's been prominent with, and it's like yeah, there are people who are tied to projects, and then the project falls off. Sometimes they're tied to projects twenty years prior, and then finally, after twenty years, the film comes out, like Black Adam. Um, I, I feel like someone's just bitter about Del Toro's Haunted Mansion movie. I am bitter about that. Are you but getting also, another just... wacky Disney comedy? <laughs> Maybe the ghosts will rap this time, Mason. <laughs> they don't sing in acapella groups. They're going to have It's going to be the ghost rap. of the dog from, from Titanic. Uh, Titanic. <laughs> you know, if there's, if there's something you should know, just let it go. Just let it. It's Forget it. Enjoy time. the show. It's party time. <laughs> the Titanic note, was party time. <laughs> welcome to Artificial Entertainment, a uh, podcast about our favorite movies that we feel like don't get enough attention. I'm Josh Lakaitis, and uh, here with me are my great friends, great pals, huge. I have Mason Betterly. Hello. And Tyler Yaney. Hello, Lavoine. Hello, Charles. Why will no one say hello to me? (laughs) Anytime you quote that Christopher Walken line, it's guaranteed to get a laugh out of Tyler. I know, that's why I do it. Get away from the mic, kitty. So, uh, today's movie that we're talking about is Lupin III and the Castle of Cagliostro. I have a question. Where was your movies in heaven (laughs) story going? (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to circle back to it and you never did. (laughs) It's just, I never want to die in between a film series. Like, you know, I want want to, you know, it's got to be capped off. Like we're, it was just a nice nihilistic way of opening the show. I, At one point, we will all die, and the movies will be over. <laughs> Don't sweat it. Forget it. Enjoy the show. I think there'll be movies in hell, though. I've seen I've seen enough bad ones to think that there'll be movies in hell. It's just Ishtar, like that old. I would love comic. it. I would love hell a lot more if Ishtar was playing out of loop. <laughs> That's a movie we're definitely going to cover one I day enjoy on this show. Ishtar. <laughs> Ishtar, or uh, Hell is just a blockbuster that is completely stocked with Ishtar. And Hellraiser yeah. sequels. <laughs> Hellraiser in space, no! <laughs> it's an old Fartside comic that Gary Larson actually, like, after he saw the movie years later, is like, I've heard this oh, That comic was a little harsh. <laughs> I didn't mind the movie. <laughs> it's a good movie. Yeah, Yeah. I've seen both cuts even. There are multiple cuts? There's a director's cut that, because like you could only get it on VHS up until like a few years ago, and then there was a director's cut on Blu-ray. I don't know how they talked her into it, but it is a different cut. You know, in another in another world, and I know this is like an opening. I'm stealing it because it would have made a perfect opening gag for for Josh. But in an alternate world, we this um, this podcast could have just been episode after episode of us just watching director's cuts of films. That's all we watch. It's just I, the director's I did cut. just start watching the editor's cut of Spider-Man Three, and it's it was, not that it was different. Pretty good. 
It, it's shorter. I love it when a director goes back to a film and like continues to cut things from it until instead of adding to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just feel like it moves some things around better. I miss the like the more Elfman esque score. I forget the name of the guy who did Christopher it. Christopher Young. Yeah, but uh, no, I I got in the first like half hour or so before I had to stop watching it, but I was really enjoying it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I'm a fan. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> our our movie tonight is uh, the Castle of Cagliostro. a goofy movie. <laughs> oh, okay, an extremely goofy movie. <laughs> BMX to the extreme. We're just gonna make fun about how, about how I speak. What, what's how the I film? Don't... What's the film? I'm sorry. It's the Castle of Cagliostro, <laughs> a Lupin the Third film. Lupins. So, um, really quick, I have to just say, <laughs> I did not, I know nothing about Lupin going Me, into this. I know very little. And I know mm-hmm. even less having watched it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so can you tell us a little bit about uh, all of that? Are like we supposed? How Lupin works, where he comes from. Are we supposed to like him? Uh, yes. You are supposed to <laughs> like him. <laughs> Um, so Lupin the Third is a creation, it, it was a manga before it became an anime, it was, uh... Manga for the uninitiated is the one that's on the book. <laughs> you read it from right to left, it's a backwards book. <laughs> it's a bizarro book. <laughs> uh, it, it was originally illustrated and written by, uh, Monkey Punch. Uh, what, I, I saw manga. that? What the hell is, what the hell is a Monkey Punch? <laughs> That's his name. That that's his pen name. What a cool name. Um, Monkeys have thumbs. And it, uh, the, the story is is he he's the descendant of the original Lupin, uh, Arsenio Lupin, who Arsenio is Arsenio like Hall, a French uh, literature character. Um, he was like okay. He was as big as like Sherlock Holmes was in England, and then oh. later in the colonies. Yeah. So, um, out of curiosity, what version of the film did you guys watch? A dub that was on Amazon, and that was the only way I could watch the film. <laughs> so, did they refer yeah. to Lupin as Lupin, or did they refer to him as Wolf? Nope. Yeah, he wolf. was the wolf. Yes. So, this is um, an early uh, dub of the film. Oh, because, wow. Really? Yeah, Arsenio Lupin was uh, uh, in the public domain in Japan. But not wow. in America. Oh, <laughs> tricky, tricky. So, so the estate of um, uh, the author of the Lupin books. I hate I, copyright. Yeah, basically went after went after Monkey Punch and everyone using it. So when it came to America, they changed it to the Wolf. But it, it's funny because uh, the original Lupin writer uh, got. Basically, copyright claimed for putting Sherlock Holmes in Lupin stories. Books were like YouTube videos back in the day. So um, <laughs> he he literally changed Sherlock Holmes' name in the books to uh, Herlock Sholmes. Shimlock Hemlock. I think that was a Sesame Street character. <laughs> Sherlock Hemlock. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and you know the manga and the anime because there had been one season up until this point is about. Uh, uh, the gentleman thief, Lupin the Third, uh, you know, just going around stealing whatever he wants with his gang. There's uh, Jigen, 
there's uh, Fujiko, uh, and then there is uh, <clears throat> what is his? There's the there's trench coat guy. Uh, Goemon. Goemon. Girl. Goemon. Yep. And all the time they're being chased by Zenigata. Is that the Peter Sellers looking guy? Yeah, okay. yeah, the, the police chief. Um, it, 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 I also, the first time I watched this movie years ago, I found it on Netflix mm-hmm. and it's like directed by, uh, <laughs> Miyazaki. Well, of course I got to watch this, uh, that it was that dub. Um, the, the guy who direct, who, uh, voiced Lupin is, uh, Robert Bergen in the dub you guys watch. Bob Bergen, okay. who's Porky he? Pig. Who's that? Yeah. Yep. He, he's my favorite voice for Lupin. Uh, in the in the 2001, because I tried to watch both uh, dubs. He's voiced by David Hayter. Huh. James Spader. Dietrich Bader. <laughs> Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Yeah, and, and this, this isn't a film uh, that you need to know Lupin lore going in. Well, it certainly felt like I was jumped in into the middle of a franchise I knew nothing about. Um, this Castle of Cagliostro is considered the best film. It, it's the second of the film series because uh, um, Miyazaki had started directing anime in in the first season of Lupin. I don't. It was think a television done program. Much directing outside of it, yeah. Television. So it was a television program, then a movie, or a movie, then a television program. It, it, it was a comic book, then it became a TV <clears throat> show for one season, and then it got a movie. And then, it, uh, then a second movie, which is Castle of Cagliostro. Cagliostro. Okay. And then I think there have been six seasons of the show since then, uh, with various made-for-TV movies, theatrical films, live-action adaptions. They had a um, CGI cartoon a few years ago, though, didn't they? Yeah, Loop on the First. His which is, mouth uh, scared me. <laughs> I love the animation in the first, but... Uh, the story just isn't quite there for me. <laughs> Why he looked like that? He looked normal in this film. <laughs> this is actually, I think, the the softest Lupin works. They only had it, four months to make it. <laughs> yeah, which I think is very impressive for the quality of film Wait, we get. This film was made in four months somehow. Yeah, some of those action no. scenes, like that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Mi- Miyazaki did not have a lot of time with this. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. It's crazy. Um But but the the thing is this show doesn't really have continuity. It's very much you can kind of reset it at the end of every journey. You have your five main characters and you know the parts that they play each time. Like early James Bond. Yeah. I cuz I got some like especially from the beginning, I got some Bond vibes. You know, you get the you're kind of in the Riviera and you got the the car chases along the the He's very side. James Bond inspired. Yeah, yeah. It was very, and you had that opening credit song. Um, mm. The sound very of it jazzy. was. You know, I'm, yeah. I know it's not the same thing. I know, uh, yeah. you know, I know. Well, it's not, in, but. in the manga and some of the interpretations in some of the anime, uh, Lupin is very much more a womanizer than he is in this film. Oh. Uh, Miyazaki wanted to portray a much like like an older, softer version of the character, um, but like he can get very rapey in like the manga. And some of the anime, which is why I oh haven't. My I've never gone back and looked at the manga, and I've avoided some of the series. This is my favorite interpretation of the character. Much more the lighthearted. <laughs> it's like thief the book with... with no rape. It's great. What? <laughs> I okay. All right. 
Well, define rapey, like Han in episode five, where it's like, I don't know if she's into that or not. No, very much just like, I see a girl, I, I'd like that girl sort of thing. Oh, okay. That's not great. I, I don't know. It, it's much more, mon- it's Monkey Punch's interpretation, other, other uh, creators that have worked with the character. More definitely. like Monkey Restraining Order. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. I like that. All right, so but I, I want to hear what you guys thought of the film. Uh, um, Mason? No, you go ahead. Go ahead, buddy. No, please. Like, I, I love this film, but this is absolutely a podcast where we, you could say you hated it. I didn't hate it. I just, for the runtime, I was like, I'm not connecting with any of this. It's just going so fast. Maybe I'm getting yeah. old. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I think I could agree with, with his standpoint. Um. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know. I, like, there were things I enjoyed. I liked. Obviously, the animation was was for great. Sure. For sure, I some liked... of those action scenes are really impressive. Yeah, oh, yeah. they we'll, really we'll get really into are. those for they, sure. They uh, pulled off the clock tower thing from Great Mouse Detective without CGI, <laughs> like like seven <laughs> A years decade before earlier. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That the um. So so the end of the film, the big climax is is a fight inside of a clock tower between Lupin and and the Count. And uh, it's gone on to inspire a lot of different things in animation. It inspired the third act of The Great Mouse Detective. Uh, they, they, they have openly admitted that they took from really? that. Really? Okay. Yeah. And, and it also um, Batman the Animated Series, where he's fighting the mm. Clock King in the Clock Tower. Yeah, that yes. is also a reference to Castle of Cagliostro. Huh. How about that? I think this and Akira are like the two most referenced like anime yeah, and I, I even feel like Akira takes from Castle of Cagliostro uh, with the bedroom. Have you seen like, Akira? The... Oh, yeah. Interesting. Okay. It'd been a few I... years. Yeah, I mean... no, it's same for me, but um, I watched it in Antonio's place. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, I feel like the bedroom where the where the princess is kept in Cagliostro is very similar vibes to where the like the weird kids are. In Akira, mm, I can, kept I in like that, that lab, that bedroom. I remember, um, or rather, like I, I felt that. Um, now I'm going to be b- blank on all of their names, but that room reminded me of actually a bedroom in another uh, Miyazaki film, um, *Spirited Away*, the, where the baby is. Um, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. We, we just a lot less stuff animals. Well, yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but it kind of had a similar had a similar vibe like that to to me, of course. Yeah. Um, no, I, yeah. I I, th- I think you're right. I I can totally understand not connecting with the characters because it's the second movie in a franchise with multiple things before it. Um, so it kind of just assumes you you understand what's going on. But That's like fair. this film is full of early Miyazaki staples. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this: Did it cause you to want to check out any other Lupin stuff? Absolutely. I've okay. I've watched um I've watched the first that came out uh, last year. Uh, again, Moto, animation Moto movie, incredible. What, what's it called? Yeah, the, the CGI one. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, I watched another one called uh, So Long to. Oh, uh, what was that prophet guy that made all those weird predictions? Oh, um, Nostradamus. Yeah, so long to Nostradamus. Chris Well. <laughs> that that one's fun. And I've been meaning to go back and watch, like, the series, but it, it, they're all on streaming services that I don't have. And, Crunchyroll? Uh, yeah, mainly. 
So, you know, I want to do the free trial and watch them. But, you know, I got to be ready for that. I've, I've watched some other, like, I started watching the first series. Um, and I want to I want to specifically watch the Miyazaki stuff because I really appreciate his interpretation of the character. Mm. But, yeah, I, I find these characters really fun. I love, uh, the, the thing that made me fall in love with this movie is very early on, uh, they, they've stopped, uh, the, the film opens with them robbing a casino, and yeah. they, they make it out with millions of dollars, only to find out they're all counterfeit, and they're like, well, let's go find who made the counterfeit money, and steal from them, and take over the business. So they get to Cagliostro, and uh, they pop a tire, they're changing it, and all of a sudden a girl comes racing by in a car, followed by another car full of, full of henchmen, and they... and. Uh, Lupin and Jigen race after her and that is, it's one of my favorite just animated sequences in any film I think that car chase is beautiful I love the jazz music in it it's it, it's it's my favorite part of the film that's great and it, this film <laughs> left no impression on either of you did it um, there are things, there are things I like and I think you're there right there are you things really... we like yes <laughs> <laughs> Man, Tyler, I thought you were going to love this movie because I saw you gave it four stars on Letterboxd. I can appreciate something, but also be completely uninvested in it. I mean, That's fair. Blade Runner is one of my favorite movies, and even I get bored with it. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, oh man, the world this movie creates is great. And there's a movie that gets a little rapey, too. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. an apt comparison. Yeah. No, um, I mean, you're right with the staple, like the early staples for Miyazaki's work. Because I even pointed it out to my wife um, when we were, we were watching it and uh, before she fell asleep watching it. Mm. <laughs> mm. Sounds about right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was, we had a long weekend, though. So, um, But, uh, no, but you do see these early things. I thought we... Uh, early on in the film, at one point, they're they're in a bar um, or a tavern or something, having dinner, asking questions about the ring. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. there's ADR in the background uh, where someone says, "She's a Capricorn, he's a Libra," and we snapped heads because I am a Libra and she is a Capricorn, so we found that very funny. Um, and this was just something little that stood out, and it was. I just wanted to bring it up. Um, I hey, do Mason, want to talk about. Yeah. Question. Yeah. Do you want to know what astrology sign I am? Sure. Here I'm, we go. Yes, Tyler. What astrology sign are you? I don't know a dinosaur because it's not freaking <laughs> real. <laughs> uh, look. I don't. I, I just I just know. If I'm in a bad I, mood, it ain't the moon or the stars' fault. So I'm, I'm just not in saying a bad I believe mood. in astrology. I just <laughs> I just know they lie. I'm I'm what they call a Libra. <laughs> the Libra. <laughs> the Libra. <laughs> oh, I'm you know. Uh, I do want to talk about scary ninjas though, because they're scary. Spooky, scary. With, they're the, with the very scary. sharp nails. With the sharp with bag lady nails. Claws. <laughs> they're scary. Yeah, I, to watch. I think they're they're fun antagonists. Yeah, it's, they're like these royal guard ninjas, but they're also like gorillas because the monkey. like the gloves or whatever make their arms super long. Mm -hmm. So they well, look. That's a like, monkey punch of a different color. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that they were scary when they got introduced. And then, I don't know, there's a lot of really crazy imagery in this film. Like, you have some you have some beautiful imagery of like this uh, Cagliostro which i guess is uh, this european mediterranean type country yeah with a little bit of uh germanic influence or whatever from the like some of the rooftops you see and what have you but then you get into the castle and it becomes almost like i don't know this scary like uh, the count Gothic. is yeah this gothic thing where it's like the count's like the phantom of the opera and he has all these traps laid into the wall and stuff <laughs> Booby traps. and mm-hmm. yeah and uh so yeah, yeah it was I, it was interesting just i love miyazaki's european countryside and I oh think yeah th- this is the film you know that starts him down that path mm-hmm. it, it created something uh, a japanese concept known as uh paris of our dreams which is this idea of Europe that's so beautiful, uh, rolling fields, uh, distant snow-capped mountains, uh, all, all these you know ancient castles. Uh, I forget, I don't know if that's the same term, but apparently th- there was a sickness, quote-unquote, that Japanese people got going to Europe expecting it to look like Miyazaki <laughs> films to the point like they were so upset and shocked they, they would get physically ill. Oh. That it didn't look as beautiful as Miyazaki depicted it. Those are like those freaks that went to Avatar and were like crying because they couldn't go to. That's uh, exactly it. What is it That's called? Ex- Pandora. Yeah. Yeah. Second one coming later this year. Can't wait, James Cameron. Who'd you almost drown this time? Pandora, world of Avatar. Visit at the Walt Disney World Resort. I like to call that uh, land the uh, crap. Now we have Star Wars land. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't. I can't go down that that hole of Pandora. That's fine. That's fine. We can stay on top. <laughs> we'll wait till yeah. December, and we'll have to go down that hole. Mm. Yeah. Um, or, or maybe I, it'll yeah, bomb I, horribly. Imagine. Imagine. Uh, what I wouldn't give for Let's Avatar all to bomb horribly, <laughs> and then we'll we'll put a petition for it to come back to theaters, and then no one will go to that. <laughs> we'll have some <laughs> dank Avatar memes, and <laughs> I think right, the yeah. the Disney PR people are a lot smarter than the Sony PR people. <laughs> <laughs> I. I can't tell you how much I want no one to be interested in Avatar 2, but I, I'm totally terrified it'll have that Morbius effect of people like, oh, we have to go see it. Just that irony laden The internet, you've let us down yet again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, they didn't. If it had made money, then they would have let us down. But the fact that we got to embarrass Sony twice. We catfished him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Must have something beautiful. to do with Spider-Man. Intriguing. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Lupin the three. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is interesting because I think I think this is the first film that one of us has brought to the table where the other two just you know didn't care for it. It's gonna happen again. Don't even worry about it. Oh, oh for yeah. sure, for sure. Like I'm not upset at all. I just I find I it wanna, really interesting. I want to say I don't hate it at all. Like I really. Like, even the it, worst Miyazaki movie, I can appreciate on some level. And I yeah, think this is just one of them. Absolutely. 
like I, I, I totally think this film is not about the... It, what I appreciate isn't the story, not even necessarily the characters, but it is those animated sequences. Yeah. Like uh, when Lupin and Jigen are uh, sneaking into the castle through the water ducks. And, oh, yeah. Uh, Lupin starts to go over the waterfall and tries to swim back up it as fast as he can. I think that looks amazing. Then doesn't he yeah. rip somebody's swimsuit off, the little rapscallion? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, the scene of him trying to get up to the tower to save the princess, um, just just the animation of him losing his grip and running down uh, the roof, and like he's trying not to have his legs go out before him, so he he's trying to lean far enough forward and, and keep that momentum going and leap. I, I I think all that animation is just so beautiful. Yeah. And this is by far not my favorite Miyazaki. Yeah, I saw I, you only gave it four. Yeah, I do give it four stars. But um, hmm. but I, I still I in think your top one hundred. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, it's a very Josh film. This is very Josh. I yes. know, but it's, like, just, it's weird to me that your top one hundred has some movies you only get four stars. I don't get I a think, lot of five stars. Yeah, I don't either. All right, we can't all be hoeing them out like me. <laughs> I really enjoy something, man. Like I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, I think this is for like, yeah, I think Mason nailed it on it. This is a very Josh Miyazaki. That's oh fair. yeah, the characters are conniving and, and and not you know Miyazaki characters are very sweet and can be innocent. Like I think uh, the the princess in this Clarice is very much a Miyazaki princess, mm-hmm. uh, Miyazaki female type character. Yeah. Was anyone else thinking the lector shtick whenever someone said Clarice? <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to bring that up. Uh, the interesting thing about Clarice is this film inspired what, what's now called as the, a Lupin girl, where wherever they do a, a Lupin film, there's an innocent girl that like Lupin has to help. That wasn't a thing before that in, uh, in Lupin lore, but Castle of Cagliostro d- does it well enough or everyone's like, oh, we got to do it. And it, it it never comes back with as much resonance. Hmm. Can we so talk about this? Th- oh, you go. No, 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 no. You go ahead. You go ahead. Can we talk about the very Miyazaki scene that's borderline like Popeye where he has to gorge himself <laughs> to get his strength <laughs> back? <laughs> yep. Yeah, that uh, man it, loves it, to animate people eating food. Um, towards, uh, at the second act break into the third, Lupin's injured, uh, horribly injured, and he has to rest, and he wakes up three days later and decides he just has to gorge himself on food to get better so that he can go back and save the princess. Um, which I is, do like, I don't know if it was even a joke, but he immediately falls asleep after he's eaten all that. Yeah, yep, just passes out. Uh... Uh, so go, going back to that scene where he gets injured, it's, it's another Miyazaki staple of a weird flying contraption. Yep, and that that that's such that's a Miyazaki thing. So I, I put this film for me on the same level as Porco Rosso. Speaking of flying contraptions, you don't like Porco no? Rosso? No. Why? Por- Porco Rosso is my favorite Miyazaki. Oh film. no, I, I I totally think that can be a favorite. Um. I don't know. I feel I feel that Porco Rosso and then and the cast of characters there, uh, I find them personally much more compelling. Um, 
I find the world building there a lot more compelling. Uh, I don't know. I think I think what he starts what and you know, and I know I'm putting everything on Miyazaki, and that's not the truth of it. I know this was a huge production with a lot of people in it. Some other people need to pull their weight, is what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> but but my point my point is, um, I think what he gets in Porco Rosso is a perfected version of what he begins to work on in this picture. Interesting. I, I, I can see that, because uh, my favorite character in uh, Porco Rosso is the uh, the pirate captain guy with the yeah. goggles. Yeah. Um, and he, he does feel very... Like, he, he could fit into a Lupin film. Oh, I feel um, I feel uh, a lot of that could fit. They could very much be in the same world. I, I, like, I, honestly, it's, it's a... Um, you know, it's a. Uh, I don't know. No, I I totally understand what you're saying. Like th- this film feels like a first film. I think this is a great first film. Oh yeah. But um yeah no like Miyazaki made has made plenty of better films since. Yeah. Yeah. Um, out of curiosity, because uh, I think you'll be a lot more interested in talking about this. What are your favorite Miyazakis? Um. Me, me, or both or, of you? Yeah. I, I, for for me, mine fluctuates between uh, Spirited Away and uh, Howl's Moving Castle. Okay. I I think depending on the day, whatever day you catch me on, I would say that's one of my favorites of his. Okay. All right, Tyler. My vote is for Totoro. Totoro. Okay. Totoro's great. It's my go-to feel-good movie. <laughs> it is. Makes a, it me is feel all warm afterward. Yeah. My go-to feel-good of his is absolute is Kiki's. I do love Kiki too. Kiki's is a masterpiece. I think Kiki's is the one I've watched the most because, um, because of Brennan. Uh, she loves that. Well, I mean, she loves all. She introduced me. I hadn't watched uh, a Miyazaki film before, um, before Brennan. So really, yeah, I I'm very fresh and new to the world of Miyazaki. I'm only about two two years in, two three years in. Oh wow! So, um, uh, for me, <clears throat> Porco Rosso is my favorite. Um, probably followed closely by Totoro. However, my favorite Miyazaki character is in neither of them. Can you what? guess what my favorite? Yeah, my. Uh, can you guess who my favorite Miyazaki character is? Porco. Well, I said he's in neither of them. Oh. <laughs> he's gonna guess a character from the other. I'm listening. Now. Yes, and Mason. Yes, and. <laughs> uh, is it that giant duck from Spirited Away? Uh, n- no, <laughs> it is. It is Calcifer. Calcifer oh. is my favorite character. Is that the Billy Crystal flame? Yup. Mm-hmm. I was gonna guess that too. <laughs> if I was up. editing this, I would have guessed it. <laughs> <laughs> you would have won the prize. <laughs> what do I win? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> oh, that's what you called me last year. <laughs> when you watch these films, do you guys tend to do dubs over subs? Yeah, dubs. All right. <laughs> yeah, he does yeah, dubs. Know. <laughs> it's hard because they rhyme. <laughs> Dubs and subs. Yeah, boss. <laughs> yeah. I, I know, uh, Tyler, are you the same? Mm, 
It really depends. Pretty... Yeah. Like, I, how I bad think... the dub is, or, like, did you add extra crap in it, like the American uh, cut of the original Godzilla? Yeah. Um, if it alters the original film too much, I'll probably stick with the with the sub. Right. Uh, which is why I, I would recommend if you go, ever go back and watch Castle of Cagliostro to uh, listen with the 2000 uh, dub instead of the 92. Okay. That sure is nice. I don't think I'm ever going to watch this again. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, You're a sweet kid. I'm not watching, uh, what is it, The Mask of Zorro again either. Like, <laughs> I'm putting those movies away. But they do great horse tricks. That's true. <laughs> I, I, um... So I I tend to go dub over sub in animation because I want to be able to look at the animation and not be distracted by reading. Exactly. Mm. Plus, I'm a pretty slow reader to begin with. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I watch movies instead of read books. His favorite exactly. book is The Cat in the Hat Returns. <laughs> Sometimes I've walked into his room where he's got his nose in his favorite book. <laughs> Tyler, this book rhymes! <laughs> I've been reading it for like the past two hours. It's great. It's like a game for my tongue. (laughs) (laughs) Joke of the show, everybody. Joke of the show. Um, I I think the worst... (laughs) Mason's still coming. I I think the worst Miyazaki dub is Ponyo. (laughs) I agree with that. Poor Tina Fey. I oh my gosh, I think we've killed I haven't Mason. seen Ponyo yet. I haven't seen Ponyo He's yet. He's fishy in the sea. <laughs> I, that, I... <laughs> oh, I'm going to pass out. This <laughs> is probably all staying in. Yeah, the dub of Ponyo is pretty weak. It makes Tina Fey and Betty White seem like they're not actors. Yep. Ham! <laughs> and I don't think Liam Neeson's a good choice for anime. Probably not. Not that character in an anime. <laughs> Certainly. Uh, but, man. I was going to say, he should play a Dementor in an anime, but that's not, that's not a thing in anime. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. I'm sure J.K. Rowling got the Dementors from something else. Uh, depression, if I recall. Like, oh. they're the physical embodiment oh, of depression. Oh, no. <laughs> we were having fun. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, you're the one that brought up her. <laughs> Never bring She her who up. should not be named. <laughs> I like how that's one franchise that will never end on whether, even if the creator has been canceled. <laughs> it's too profitable. The creator and several people in the cast. We have to drag this dead corpse. It makes too much money. Not anymore, they don't. Yeah. Good riddance. Uh, right? Um, just because I really value your opinions and want to feel better about myself, can you name, what, what was your favorite part of the movie what did you enjoy the most um for me i mean just overall don't say when it ended no (laughs) for me overall the the visuals really are are great you i mean yeah it's like i know we kept saying it's like it's early 
it's early Miyazaki or whatever, but the animation is like fantastic throughout. The visuals mm-hmm. are wonderful. The the set design uh, is uh, the background layout, all that is is great, and it's just was mm-hmm. always interesting to look at. And I was never bored, like literally watching it. It was never with my eyeballs. Yeah. I was entertained. Yes, yes, my eyeballs were entertained, um, and honestly, it had some great action. It really had some of the best animated action. Um, 2D animated action that that I've I've seen from that that period of time. So, no, mm-hmm. it, it really it, um, it was great in that sense. Well, let me ask you this: a lot of reviews I had seen said it was hilarious and like laugh a minute. Is it is the other dub funnier? Um, Were the jokes lost in translation? <laughs> I think I think the jokes are much more accurate translations. I, I, I definitely think the ninety two one has the superior voice acting just by a couple steps, but I think they do take more liberties with the script. Okay. Uh, okay. And yeah, I don't know if I've really laughed there are definitely some jokes that I'll laugh at, but like I get most of my entertainment from the animation. Yeah. Like I, I'm fair. laughing at just how impressed I am. <laughs> like, like going back to that that chase scene in the with the cars when they cut through uh, the woods, and like you just see a tree branch come and hit Lupin in the head, and then there's a bird. Flying yeah, the bird. The, car. the bird was awesome. <laughs> real, real quick. I love how much like visual storytelling is just in the car at the start of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell exactly where they are in their life financially from that car. Um, because uh, you see all the all the cigarettes that have just been put out that they're continuing to reuse and relight. You see, it's a there's a bunch of canned food in the background, a bottle of wine. Like they're not doing great. They, there's camping gear on top of the car, and like they they needed that money, but but it, they just couldn't use any of it. I, I think that's just a great little detail in the film. Yeah, and um, wh- I mean, I think we're all excited for the next Mission Impossible movie. I swear this is a good We're transition. We're not. You're not? I, I've I never seen less. a single Mission Impossible film. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is an entire different conversation. I love those movies. But in the trailer to, to the new one, to Seven, there there's absolutely a oh, reference to that Oh, there is a Lupin car. reference. You're right. Yeah, that, that, uh, the little yellow Fiat. Like, they're absolutely Luigi from the that. Disney Pixar Cars films. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was, I've been going, I've been going through um, the Mission Impossible movies with Toby recently, and we just did uh, uh, the Brad Bird one. Ghost, Ghost Protocol. Protocol. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a very Zenigata uh, character in that of the Russian detective who's just going to stop at nothing to arrest Tom Cruise. You know. Ethan Hunt. That's the character's name. I know I know. just by the association of Interpol now, I'm, I'm making a gross uh, oversimplification, um, but... There was that movie, The Tourist, a while back. Wow. Okay. Paul, with Johnny sure. Depp. Yeah. With a- and Angelina Jolie and Paul Bettany as kind of um, kind of, as an Interpol agent, and he was hyper fixated on finding the the criminal uh, that was mm. that the main criminal guy, um, and it, I, I I saw a bit of it in that as well. Yeah. Maybe it's just Interpol characters that are really driven because I'm also thinking of like the Sly Cooper video games from the PS2 and the the Fox, uh, what was her name? The Detective Fox who was, you know, just had to get Sly Cooper. And the French lady from the third 
Madagascar film. Yeah, see, I guess Interpol characters are just really driven people. <laughs> they really are. They have to the be. The tourist in Madagascar 3. That's that's those are your cinematic reference that's points. what i'm bringing to the table here we watched the tourist so much in my house why it's why? one of my literally no one else can say that it's one of my mom's favorite films that's um, all you need to know about Rhonda. it's not it's not a bad film honestly i don't i mean it's not a it's not a masterpiece by any stretch of the imagination Ooh. but it, it it feels very like old hollywood beef like like mm. I could see, I could see, you know, I don't know, forty, fifty years ago, throwing Cary Grant and Hepburn in there, and it be it like still working as a script, like as a. Plot. And they're just going, "What do you mean this will be in color?" Yeah. So what? Um, so. Yeah. The only experience I have with that movie is I walked in on the last half hour uh, in a friend's dorm room and watched Ooh. it. And I just turned to him after it ended. I'm like, uh, so what happened before that? And he just looked at me and shrugged. And went, I don't know, not much. <laughs> <laughs> so they crammed all their plot into the last third? Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So Loop on the Third and the Castle of Cagliostro gets a one out of three stars here at Artificial Entertainment. I'm not dead inside it's at all. It's fine. Just like okay. the last movie we watched. It, it was a good... Fine. It was a good movie, you know? <laughs> yeah, I really encourage those that are, are fans of animation to watch it. And, you know, maybe put on a podcast while you watch it. So <laughs> so your eyes are entertained, but your ears don't have to be bored. Do you have relatives coming over to chat for a spell? Have it on in the background. <laughs> uh, to, to be fair, to be fair, Miyazaki does not love this film either. Really? Yeah, I'm trying to find the quote. I saved it because I was reading in an article. I think he called it, uh, like, the scraps. Like, like, like uh, he calls it a clearance sale of his previous works that oh. didn't do anything new. Oh, oh no, buddy boy. I, I mean, I buddy. know Miyazaki can be one of his harshest critics, and I, I feel like that's a bit harsh, but... He's no Richard Williams. Yeah, I understand why this doesn't stack up to other Ghibli films in your mind. Hmm. I'm sorry if we disappointed you. Like, I, I no, not real, at all. No, I feel really bad, honestly. I'm, I'm... This, this is the point of the podcast. Is since we don't live together anymore, is to show each other films we would have shown each other living together. Mm -hmm. You think we and... don't live together, but open that door. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is so much luggage. <laughs> Hello. Hello, um, friend. Yeah, so I mean, this is going to happen throughout the podcast, and I'm absolutely not bummed out by it. I'm just happy. I've been trying to get you guys to watch this movie. I think since like 2018. That makes it so much worse. No, oh, no. it's fine. I oh, finally no. know what you guys think of this movie. It's all it's I've wanted. Fine. For a while. It's pretty. The main character just, was kind of annoying, but apparently we're supposed to think he's the coolest thing ever. So I don't know what I did wrong. It's like when I go see a Tom Cruise movie. Speaking of which, go. Can I just? You seen? I wanna. I wanna. I wanna. I wanna speak real quick. I haven't seen the first three Mission Impossible's. I only saw the fourth one because Brad Bird. And then, mm -hmm. for whatever reason, I would just threw up my hands and was like, "I'll see the newest one, I guess." <laughs> With Henry Cavill's mustache. How many have there been since Ghost Protocol Two? Yes, there's been Rogue Nation and Fallout. 
They're all Rogue Nation. What? <laughs> now, Tom Cruise, this is every Mission Impossible movie. Now, Tom Cruise, if you take this mission, it will be considered treason. Like the other times you've done this. <laughs> how, like, the joke is, how many times has he actually gone rogue in all the Mission Impossible exactly. movies? And when is he actually doing a mission from the IMF? The first movie, maybe? Nope, he goes rogue in, in, in the first one. The second one where he rides his bike, bicycle into another man with his long I have long actively hair. avoided the second one like a plague. You haven't seen it? Nope. It, that, is, that is a film where they wrote the action sequences... And then try to make a story, tie it all together. Like Marvel? Oh, no. They do pre-viz all their action sequences before the director's even hired. That's all I'm saying. I'm sorry. Weren't you just, weren't you just singing the praises of the last film like a few short weeks ago? I, I can pull I up his letterbox review I mean, of the first yeah, episode I like, of Miss Marvel. I like a lot of Marvel movies. I'm just saying I don't appreciate how they go about making their films. No, Sometimes. that's very true. But let's continue with this. Uh, I believe Tyler gave the first episode of Miss Marvel uh, four stars and said, it's very charming. I liked it. They tried something different. Yeah, no, I, I liked it too. This was simply delightful. It was <laughs> delightful. It nice, is. low gave- stakes. Pretty colors. He followed it up by watching Quest for Camelot. Why? I don't know. (laughs) Now, I I found a clip online of Gary Oldman, like, making a song on the spot. Oh, yes. I hadn't seen that movie in forever, and I'm like, this is hilarious. Why have The Ballad of Ruber. I have a plan. It involves you. (laughs) I got this chicken. I think this is a year after uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. So I don't know how much Hollywood cred Gary Oldman had at that time. Wow, 108 films. Man what a guy. He was in Planet 51 with Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Now how did they get that? He's in the Robocop remake, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. He's really good in it. The movie just oh. sucks. That's relevant because, you know, a couple episodes ago we talked about RoboCop. Chris Evans rumored to be RoboCop. How do we feel? Uh, yeah, it's fine. I, yeah. I don't want to Rob- do RoboCop. Is it happening? Like, I- is it happening? Because we talked about Neil Blomkamp and how he was like, yeah, I'm making Alien 5. I'm making Alien 5. It's going to pick right up from where Aliens 2. And he's like, nah, actually, I'm not going to do that. It was like, yeah, RoboCop returns. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be the original screenwriters. And they're proposed. Yeah, I'm not doing it. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how credible the source is. My source is, Mason texted me and said, Chris Evans is RoboCop. Uh, I would not. That was Oh, you texted me. Oh, okay, Tyler said <laughs> it and then immediately started to hate on it. I mean, he'd probably be a fine choice, but like... If you had to do it, th- then yeah, he's like gun, gun to my head. Not a terrible you, choice. You, you can tell Tyler's against it because he just texted the article followed by a simple, No. That's fair. <laughs> That's how I felt at the time. And still. <laughs> Lightyear I mean, theaters I, this Friday. <laughs> Go see I was going to say, may, maybe anyone who plays Buzz Lightyear could be a good RoboCop. I'd like to see Tim, Tim Allen take a, <laughs> take a whack. <laughs> <laughs> Dead or alive, you're coming with me. <laughs> Did he also murder somebody in like a vehicular way like uh, Matthew Broderick? I know he went to jail for drug Maybe it was drugs. I don't want to say he murdered a man if he didn't murder a man. Let's ask Google. Did Tim Allen ever kill anyone? Let's see what Google says. Nope, just drug trafficking. 
Oh, that's fine. All right. Well, Condoms and now he's drugs. Santa Claus <laughs> coming once again to Disney Plus. Oh, that is happening, isn't it? The Santa Claus Four. Oh no! That was one of my other early like. Oh, movies can be bad. Which one? Like, I went to see Santa Claus because Santa Claus great. Two, one of my favorite Christmas movies no, of all no, time. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's it's wonderfully corny, cheesy, and terrible. I love it to death. Santa Claus Three, I saw with my entire family in theaters. That's and I just shame. remember going to the dollar store afterwards and looking at my dad going, why was it? It was so long. They just kept talking. I like the third one. What? Yep. I like the third one more than the second one. What if I told you both? You're both wrong. And they're both garbage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that but... I'd understand. That I could get behind. I've never heard a single person say, I like this. Can Santa I say the first one hasn't held up particularly well in the past few Christmases? Well, let me you tell you. Held up well? Oh my gosh. <laughs> let me tell you. I think it was two Christmases ago now. I was watching it with with Brennan, and we get to the part where with the uh, whistle. No, no. Before that, where he takes uh, Charlie up to the North Pole with him. And, you know, she runs out the door looking for him and then gives the... I, I just don't know why they couldn't get another take on this. She runs out and just goes, Charlie! Without emoting at all. <laughs> emoting at all. She just goes, Charlie! Charlie! <laughs> and then, and then... There, she we keep watching the film and she's like, "Why are they so riled up? He's gonna be back tomorrow." And I look at her and I go, "No, he's missing for a month." She's like, "What? Yeah. You don't?" I'm like, "You never picked that up?" No. He goes That's in the up. film. That's in the film at the beginning no of the way. film. I would have noticed the, that at the beginning of the film. Bernard says, "So he I'll flat come. out kidnapped him for a month." For a month, he was missing for a month. Because Bernard says, I'll pick you up at Thanksgiving, and he comes, and he appears, eating a turkey leg, and then they disappear up to the North Pole at Thanksgiving. So the SWAT team was looking for them for a month? I always assumed that was like Christmas Eve dinner or something. That's what, I think Gwynny's right, like, no, these are some terrible cops. Like, there would be a SWAT team with guns if it had been a month and this kid was missing and they I found mean, him there again. Was. I there was. There was. The scene of Santa getting they arrested don't shoot at and him. in prison was the most disturbing thing my child <laughs> brain could conceive of. Oh, yeah. Of. Yeah, that was very disturbing as a kid. You didn't like him in a court case either. <laughs> Elves with attitude. Oh, my gosh. So I think the conclusion is the Santa Claus franchise is actually awful. <laughs> and you're stupid if you watch them every year. I think Tim Allen is the perfect leading man. Okay, uh, would you rather watch would you rather watch the entirety of the Santa Claus trilogy or uh, um All the Silent uh, Night Express. Deadly Nights? No, what's the what's the one where he's um Fred Claus? No, he, no, it's Tim it's another Christmas Tim Allen film. A Christmas with the Cranks? Christmas with the Cranks. Awful. I watched the Santa Claus movies movie. over and over again. What a mean angry film. <laughs> <laughs> this past oh. year this past year um we saw that this other film, I think it was Deck the Halls. 
It was Matthew, oh, Matthew Broderick, Broderick and Danny, and De- Danny DeVito. That's awful. My wife has a friend in that film. He's is it Mary? Su- no, he's like the son. Like Danny DeVito's son, I think it is. either One of their sons. She knows Danny DeVito's son? No. <laughs> in the I know film. His daughter's Matilda. One of, the, one of the sons in the film went to school with her. And um, yeah, that was a horrible movie. That I would I would watch mm. Christmas with the Cranks before I watch Deck the Halls. I'm not if your argument is there's worse Christmas movies, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to convince me. <laughs> like, you know what's worse is a Santa Claus Jack Frost with Michael Keaton. <laughs> I don't think we were arguing if it was better than Jack Frost. You wanna know what I just found out about Jack Frost? Uh, so originally it wasn't supposed to be Michael Keaton. It was supposed to be George Clooney. And the snowman is modeled snowman? off of George Clooney. Oh no! I see it, it now. It is, isn't it? Yeah. The night that snowman one hundred percent looks like George Clooney. Oh That's funny. wow! That is so funny. And he can't sue them because he'll be laughed out of court. <laughs> <laughs> I want that Jack Frost money. Is my likeness. What's, yeah, you that's... see that nightmare snowman? That's my face. <laughs> I I um I don't know where I was, but recently I was watching something and that trailer was at the beginning of it. The trailer for Were you watching Jack something F- on video? No, it might have been a it might have literally just been a TikTok. Someone put the trailer for that what film as a TikTok. The for Jack Frost. <laughs> I'm flipping through and all of a sudden <laughs> plops down. Sometimes it's good to have a big butt. Like what <laughs> I remember, like, every Warner Brothers VHS I had in, in, like, 1998 would have a stupid commercial in front of it. Or even, like, the Iron Giant is like, no, on video. Like, oh, my God, get get away. It it was one of those movies. He gets to to snowballs his boobs, and we're like, (laughs) He goes through the trees, and he gets a lot skinnier. (laughs) Jack Frost was one of those movies where, like, I knew it existed, and I had seen bits of it as a child, but I'm like... I have to see this movie, right? I feel like it's everywhere. I gotta see Jack Frost. And Can then I, say, I as watched a kid, it. It disturbed me because he's like murdered and he wakes up as a terrifying snowman. I'm like, this isn't a charming family adventure at all. I'm You're not dad. You're George Clooney. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ironically, they got the better Batman. Uh. <laughs> We want this Jack Frost character to have real Batman vibes. We think that's important in a snowman. Do you think they wanted George Clooney and got lucky when they got Michael Keaton? You're like, yes, thank you. We were only using Clooney as bait. I think George Clooney got lucky when they got Michael Keaton. I think having Batman and Robin and then Jack Frost back to back might have killed them. There would be no Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> he would have melted away forever. Oh, Like no. that Campbell's Soup commercial. Who would host all of those... New uh, Nestle coffee machine. Nespresso. Nespresso commercials. It's interesting that you consider him hosting those commercials as if we were all guests. I do. Oh, I do. Lachitis, are you upset? We talked more about Jack Frost than we did Lupin. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Because <laughs> if we had if this had happened with the RoboCop episode, I would be pretty upset. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy 
think the best movie we have watched on this podcast is RoboCop. Yeah. Beyond a I mean, shadow of a Roger doubt. Roger Rabbit's pretty great. Oh, yeah, 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 no, yeah That's yeah. fair. But I guess, I guess we all knew that going in. That's Two fair. of us weren't sure about RoboCop. and That's fair. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad. My wife didn't care for it, and we moved on. <laughs> then a week all later, right. she left oh, the man. country. Yeah. And that's how that <laughs> went. And, and that's what's interesting. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's what's interesting about this is, is this was, yeah, this was kind of your first kind of on your own uh, pick. Because, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, Roger Rabbit was your pick. They're not going to get better from here. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Roger Rabbit was your pick, but it was, yeah, you're right. We were, we're all very intimately familiar with Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, for our first pick, I, I, I don't think this was... This was that bad. I mean, I, I definitely agree Not that Robocop all. has been Robocop's the front runner here for best film of the year yeah. on the on the podcast. I'll, I'll put I'm it okay this way. With that. I'll, 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 <clears throat> I'll hold off bringing bringing on some of my other favorite Japanese animated movies. <laughs> I'll wait. I'll wait a little bit. Spread them out. <laughs> so while I'm thinking of it, I got two I got two pitches for you um, for ideas for later episodes. We can have oscars for the movies that we watch this year we can have an oscar episode where we kind of make picks or two we could have a battle royale episode where we take a character from each film and have them fight to the death with another character so like who's going to win roger rabbit or or robocop and see who's left standing i don't think roger rabbit can die so he might have some stake in that game he might no, he we, might. Can, we, we can make tyler really happy and have robocop kill lupon <laughs> take that you annoying son of a bitch <laughs> how's this for a monkey no. punch meanwhile a very tan <laughs> anthony hopkins is just wandering around the field like i don't good. know where to go <laughs> being bothered by roger rabbit good <laughs> So, Don, can I call you Don? (laughs) Just whips out a spoon. (laughs) Robo be like, I have to go now. Somewhere there is a crime happening. (laughs) I've used that with my Uh, wife before, and she she glared at me something awful. (laughs) So, Top Gun, no, we're doing that next time. No, we're well, not. No, I say we talk about Top it's Gun happening. Maverick now. It's happening because now. It's right, not going to be all relevant. Right, all right. Well, let's let's start. Josh, you re- recently rewatched the original, wasn't it? Gray. I. It was not a rewatch. It was my first time. I had heard amazing oh. things about Top Gun Maverick, so I'm like, I, okay, I'm going to go see this. I should go and see the first one. Mm-hmm. I hated the <clears> first one so much. It has actively sucks. stopped me from going to see Top That's Gun Maverick. <laughs> yeah. I watched I watched the first one uh, for the first time last week on vacation, and I, I it was okay for me. It was all right, but it was not like what I thought it would be. It wasn't. I cared about you know goose and stuff. It's very but... homoerotic, and that's the best thing I could say about it. <laughs> Did you it does goose? This... Did you call him goose? Mm-hmm. No, goose. I said okay. goose. I know no, what you're trying to do. Three. Don't try and put words in my mouth. Um, <laughs> you want to talk about unlikable characters, though, in the vein of Lupin, which I disagree with, but Maverick is a very unlikable character throughout that movie. In the first because Top he's just Gun, essentially Tom yes. Cruise. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, like, I don't want to do it. Face. In Top Gun, original Top Gun, Iceman is right the entire movie. Val Kilmer, the third Batman to enter conversation today. Um, <laughs> We're going to hit them all, kids. Don't <laughs> we, worry we about hit it. all the 90s ones. Um, but, yeah, no, he's... he's He's great, and he was, and he's right. You know, throughout the film, I, I thought he would be more prevalent because I feel like he's literally just pops in and out, like in the second one or in the no, first? in the first one, he just pops in, oh. like you're out of your damn mind. He kind of like, does in both, if you think about it. I just think it's so poorly shot, which isn't oh. the film's fault. It's just they didn't have the methods to film, you know, dog fights like they can today. Yeah. And that's really the only reason that, like, they waited so long. Yeah. So no. crazy little man Tom Cruise could do this stuff for real. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, in the first one, they, they reused the same shot of a missile leaving the plane, like, three I know, it's like times. Superman 4 levels of, we're just going to keep using this <laughs> yeah. footage over and over again. Goose's yeah. death is so poorly choreographed. It's hilarious. Like, like you would never know he died unless you knew that was the scene that Goose dies in. Yeah. Like, like he doesn't even hit the, the, the hood of the jet in a way that could break <laughs> his neck. Like, the back of his seat fully takes that impact. Yeah. I don't believe that dummy really died. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, we got done watching it and we looked at each other and we were like, okay, I guess. Because, because... Bren's dad would not let us go see the film before we saw the first one. But we were like, okay, it, it was all right. I, but we still really wanted to see this movie because, I mean, I... I, I think figure... all dads love Top Gun because my yeah. dad was going on about how much he loved it and how he almost joined the Navy just because of it. And well, My parents were Air Force and and I asked I asked them because like, this seems like my dad's kind of movie. What do you think of Top Gun? He's like, it's pretty good. If I had seen, if I was like 30 years older and saw it on TNT at like 2 in the clock in the afternoon today, I think I would have liked it a lot. <laughs> Tyler would have been going to, to, to sign up in the I Navy. I fell asleep you a little bit in the middle. Days. Well, that was a good film I saw on TNT the other afternoon. I, I forgot <laughs> that it was the Navy. So, and this is more. I thought it was like, the Air Force too, for some reason. Yeah, time. and or, or even the Marines, even the Marines. But <laughs> exactly. I for, I forgot it was the Navy. So then, and this is more for Josh than anything. I just kept thinking of shore leave from Venture Brothers throughout the film, popping and going Sphinx. And I, I don't know. It was. <laughs> I mean, I think shore leave as a character really enjoys the volleyball scenes in Top Gun. Oh, you know it. Play oh my gosh. With the boys. The thing. This film bothered me in a lot of ways. What really bothered me was the fact that Tom Cruise was choosing to wear jeans. Just a full legs, just a normal pair of blue jeans playing volleyball. Like, that would be awful. You'd get so much sand in there. And you'd get hot and sweaty. I mean, I get it. It's a homoerotic scene already. That's but a gold it just bond disaster incredibly uncomfortable. I don't know. I've never th- I never thought about that. It bugged the crap out of well, me. Well, this man has had a traumatic ball injury. I don't blame well, him. Well, this is true. We're watching this he stuff. Thinks he sees the world differently than you and I. <laughs> I have that unique perspective. It's like, oh, you're going to have some bad chafing. You're going to have a night of your wife going down with, with some gold bond like you're a baby being powdered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, even I, I was, I was saying to Brandon coming out I'm, or uh, regarding the <laughs> yeah. first one, um, it wouldn't be in my top ten. It wouldn't even be in my top twenty-five, '80s films. You know, no. For, oh no, for that. So the best part of the movie, in my opinion, was Meg Ryan. That's <laughs> fair. Can I can Take I tell me you to something bed now or lose me forever? We were can watching. I tell you something creepy yeah. though about the original Top Gun? Yeah, sure. It came out the same year as a little movie called Labyrinth with like a twelve-year-old Jennifer Conley. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! What is the age difference? And that's my fun two? fact for Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> hey guys, I think I want to check out for the rest of the podcast. I really just have to sit here on that. <laughs> no. um... No, I. I, I you remind how, me of the, the babe. Age? How old are you? <laughs> right. No, she was older then. She was definitely older than no, sixteen, she, wasn't she? Somebody look this up. I can do it. I'll, I'll look it up. I'll yeah, look it I don't up, have. I don't have. A, I, I don't have access. But what's the age difference between those two? Look that up. Coming up. <clears throat> they had good chemistry in this. I thought. I think. I think because I had to see it again with my parents because like. That's all they wanted to do that particular night. And I'm like, fine. Because my dad really, really wanted to see it. Yeah. And, like, it plays really well for, an audi- for like, an audience of, like, average people. Only an eight-year difference. <laughs> it's, all right. That's it's, not bad. No, it's... That's, all right. That's not as bad as I thought. Yeah. They both look really change. good for their age. That's true, too. Because I was sitting there thinking... Because they- uh, I was sitting there thinking, like, if they brought Jennifer Connelly back for a... For this Rocketeer reboot that or like mm. sequel that's supposed to be set in like sixties seventies, she does not look like she was a forties like a Hollywood starlet in the forties, like that. I would never believe that we'd she have was... to age her up. Maybe we'll get the chick that was in the original Top Gun to play. <laughs> they could do what they did in the Mummy and just really thin out her eyebrows. That makes her look era appropriate, right? Oh no! And she's what? doing the Charleston. <laughs> Why didn't they bring Kelly uh, McGillis back? Because she aged like a regular woman. <laughs> and Tom Cruise's ego will simply not allow it. I like how Meg Ryan gets killed off with a sentence. In this right? Movie. That was. Are you serious? Yeah. She's hey, like, spoilers hey, yeah, for Top Gear Maverick. Dead. I guess I'm right there with you. That sucks. You, she's right there. Bring her back. No, they're just. I don't Again, know. this man's ego. Has she stopped acting? Because I don't. Th- I can't tell you I the last time I've I seen don't her. I know. In a film. Actually, I feel like I'd see her in a Castle for Christmas on Netflix, but you just don't. <laughs> Wasn't she in Annie? New Annie? No. New Annie is like six years old. <laughs> yeah, it's still the newest Annie we have. Who's in that? Yeah, Jamie I, Fox? I guess Meg Ryan really hasn't been acting. Are you thinking of Cameron Diaz? Yes. Yeah, I am thinking of Cameron I don't Diaz. know how you confuse those you swines. <laughs> I don't know. White blonde women. Nah. The last thing she was in was Ithaca from 2015. I've. What is that movie about? That name sounds familiar. It was the With kids. With older brother a... off to war, 14-year-old telegram messenger Homer McCauley. I'm already bored. You can stop. No, I don't need the rest of it. Oh, I was thinking Bridge to Terabithia. Never mind. That's, that's a different thing. <laughs> No, this is Ithaca, a, a Ithaca. town near where I grew up. Mm. In the vast wilds Ithaca, of New York. New York? Well, anyways, I think Top Gun Maverick really plays well as like a throwback action movie. Like, it really feels like a movie you'd see in the 80s or 90s in terms of its story and pacing. Yeah. 
and it, shot and, with modern sensibilities. And I thought yeah. about that. Like, I could bring my parents to a blockbuster like that, and they would enjoy it. But I, I like, brought them to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. You know what actually makes a billion dollars these days? They, it'd be like a CGI nightmare. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I, I and, think, and there's something to that, I think. Yeah. I think it... I, I really liked it. I think... I mean, during the final mission, um, I mean, my you know, my heart was pounding with. It you turns know, into the... Hogan's Heroes at one point where they have to steal a, yeah, steal yeah, yeah. a plane. I'm like, yeah. All right, yeah. Nothing? They just waltz up there nothing? and take that plane. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, no, I, th- I thought. Colonel really... Clink, why have you forsaken me? <laughs> <laughs> I you know I I thought it was really I think this is definitely the better film I I feel like oh, personally sure. you could you could watch this film without having seen the first one and be fine because frankly I think so yeah compare and I think the saving grace is that quite honestly the first film isn't that memorable uh, memorable memorable mm. outside of like some very small minor key moments. I think so, people of that generation absolutely remember that film. I think yeah. everyone after, not so much. I feel like it is one of, like, you know it's an important film, but so much of it has fallen to the wayside. I like think the we've details. been told it's an important film. I mean, we all know the Danger Zone. Yeah. Danger Zone and Volleyball, and that's all anybody remembers. Yeah. Yep. So Which you I, don't... The new one... Place the hits right away. It's like, here's the score. Here's the text where you read about Top Gun. And here's Danger Zone. Set to some planes flying around. I'm like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> but but that's the thing. Like, once that's out of the way, everything is pretty much fresh and new. It's not like all this fan service stuff of, like, no, I have to God, slip no. in this line and stuff. And because, I mean, you're dealing with some stuff. Val Kilmer is not... The man he was 30 years ago. I He's thought that was very well done, by the incredibly way. Incredibly well surprised. done. It was... Yeah. I honestly... Because you guys know Val Kilmer is is very special to me um, mm. for a film we're going to be watching in a little while. Uh, so with with his scene, I actually got filled up um, because, I you know, just for him in general because of, you know, I, I don't know. The I, journey he's been through in life. For those that don't know, he, he had uh, throat cancer, yeah, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And hasn't and he, really been able to talk much since uh, since recovery. Yeah, uh, there's a great documentary on Amazon just called Val, right? That's all about his, yeah. His life I still and need to watch it. I still need to watch it, but I was very interested in it. And um, so, but the, yeah. like they, uh, uh, it's a worse comparison. But they they James Earl Jones, Darth Vader, his voice, right? Um, no. only at one part. No. Yeah, I think they did Mace, because he can't talk at all. At all? Yeah, I, 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 can't I, talk I thought at all. I read that they did they did it with a computer AI. Well, no. What's interesting I, about that is for the majority of his scene, he's like typing into a into like computer. a screen. Yeah, to talk to Maverick, and then he actually talks a little bit. So I think. Oh, I that's think really that, wh- that's a clever idea. I like that. Yeah. But, oh well, and most of, throughout most of the film, he has just text conversations with. Um, uh, with Tom Cruise yeah. or with Maverick, just over the phone. So that's why I was of his... shocked when he appeared at all. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, you know. So, uh, but I'm glad they I'm glad they fit him in. What they did with his character made sense for how he like who he was in the first. And it was film. very powerful. Yeah, and then you know just 
And yeah, he he kind of has this this long shadow over the film um, with his presence. I I think you know because he has carried Maverick through his career, and uh, I I find that powerful. Yeah, the three biggest surprises I had were all in the opening where it said produced by Christopher McQuarrie, and I think he worked on the script because he had done all of. Uh, has has he done the last two Mission Impossibles? Uh, I believe so. Okay. And, and he, yeah, because I mean, him and Cruz now are tight, and he's doing the next two as well. Okay. Um, yeah. and then um, the fact that Val Kilmer was like credited in the movie, I'm like, okay, yeah. what are they gonna do with that? Because yeah. I didn't yeah. expect to see him at all. <clears throat> so and then um, where it says music by. <laughs> The original composer, Lady Gaga and Hans Zimmer. And I'm like, that is the weirdest way I've ever seen a music credit. Because usually, like to usually see it's like, short. Original, score. <laughs> original score by this guy. Song, whatever, by Lady Gaga. And then new score by Hans Zimmer. But they just lumped them all together. And that was yeah. bizarre to me. Yeah. Interesting. Also, Lady Gaga's song sounds like, um, for you Parks and Rec fans... When Tom makes up a song to apologize to Anne, it sounds the exact same. Like, Google it. <laughs> okay, I like will. Like, they both go, You know what I'm talking about? Interesting choice. <laughs> know what I'm saying? Um, what I'm uh, going back about? to Kilmer's voice, I, I looked up the article. It's from the Northeastern, and it says, uh, However, Kilmer does have one emotional line of dialogue, which, is required, which required a unique partnership between Kilmer and uh, Sonatic a voice synthesizer company. Sonatic, which uh, Kilmer previously partnered in two th- in 2021 for another project, fed hours of Kilmer archival recordings through an AI to generate a voice model that is a vocal clone of the actor. Huh. Can I say so, something? So it is very much like what Obi-Wan is doing with, with uh, James Earl Jones. Obi-Wan! It sounded a little <laughs> off. Everyone's like, wow, it sounds like old Vader. I'm like, this seems off, and I can't put my finger on why. It works better than it did with Luke in The Mandalorian, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Oh, no, no. I, at least it's better than what they did with him in The Snowman, right? Oh, yeah. That was horrendous. The Snowman. I gave you all the clues, Mr. Policeman. No? You never saw The Snowman? Yeah, I mean, I never Michael saw Fassbender? The Snowman. Yeah. Val why Kim would I have seen it, The And Snowman? he's, like, dubbed by a completely different actor, right? Yeah, something like that. It was very weird. Very, very weird. Is this tying back to Jack Frost? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, overall, I think it was great. I think Miles Teller was good. I've never seen him in a film that I've... They got the two actors with the most punchable faces co-starring in the same movie. It was really hard for me. He looks better with the mustache, I have to say. The pedo stash was working for him. The mustache works for him. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it turns him into like a clone of, of uh, his father, you know it. It aren't we all just clones of our fathers? Though? Stop we it, really man. think about it. Half clones. You stop that right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> we just don't have those visual references like he does of our fathers. Yeah. But um, I think that was another problem I had with it. Speaking of that, is that they had to follow some arcs like beat for beat in the new one. Like, here's the asshole, and now they're all friends at the end. 
Let's kill Goose again. Well, they they couldn't do that. <laughs> like if his kid died, he'd be like, "It's happening again." <laughs> they just crash a drone into Goose's grave. There is one spot where if only his mother was still alive. <laughs> there is one spot where a a a, goo- a bird. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. Maybe it was a goose. I don't know. A bird gets sucked up into a turbine <laughs> out of no. I'd like to imagine it was a goose. <laughs> and it, yeah, it was. It's like poetry. It, it rhymes. Yeah. It's sort of like poetry. It rhymes. It comes out of nowhere. Because Miles Teller is a funnier character than, than we've ever had. <laughs> He's key to all of this. He's the key to all of this. Ugh. So is Miles Teller better at flying a jet or playing the drums? He gets yelled at either way. <laughs> he gets bloodied and yelled at either way. Yep, that's true. All right. Whiplash is a better movie. Okay, good I'm to know. Still, I still have to see it. Whiplash is wonderful. But if you have very bad anxiety, only watch it very occasionally. <laughs> yeah, that's, that sounds about that's right. where I'm at. Uh, um, is that all you guys wanted to say about Maverick? Yeah. Yeah. You've do already wanna... seen it. Why do, you... <laughs> um, do we want to talk about Chip and Dale? Yeah, a movie I kind of liked for its boldness when I first saw it, but has gone way, way down in my mind the more I've thought about it. <laughs> I So I've seen it twice now, completely by accident. I can't. <laughs> I, think, I think it's a relatively good script for what it is for a kid's movie. Uh, you know, nostalgia for a, like a... How do I just say this? It, it's a nostalgia movie for the parents that the, their kids will enjoy. Yeah, which is surprising because it's so dark. Kind yeah. of like Maverick. It's a nostalgia movie for the older folks that the young kids will enjoy. <laughs> Place tunes that the young people will enjoy. <laughs> Our biggest problem, I think, the three of us with this film is that the 2D characters are not... They're ugly. ...animated Very traditional occasionally animation. are they actually hand-animated. I'm, I'm yeah. sure I Background picked up a characters spot. are... Characters that are like in one scene. That or makes shot no are. sense. That makes I, no sense. Why would they do it that way? It it just it doesn't work because two D is looks a, terrible. Ili- yeah, as, as a principle, hand drawn animation is you know you design the characters to work in silhouettes. And I think let's talk specifically of Dale because he's the one that's supposed to be two D through the whole film. In the show, like has those silhouettes, but like when he's a CGI character and can just turn bit by bit you lose that that strong silhouette like you even lose some of the uh like the fur bits of his cheek when he turns it's it's it's, it was chip yeah it just oh did i say dale yeah yeah i meant chip you can tell because it's because his nose is black like a chip yeah i know i don't i know i don't care about chip i don't either and i think that's why they picked this property because yeah, like Darkwing shows up at the end and it's like, where's the Darkwing movie? I'm like, you people would have been pissed if they had done gone this route for a Darkwing right. Duck adaptation. Yeah, I would. Yeah, be it's a premise I really respect, but it, it's a great SNL. It's a movie. great premise, and there's like great ideas and jokes. Like even like I thought even the villain's plan was kind of creative. Yeah, yeah. Can we talk about the villain? 
because they're yes we can talk about the villain. how kind of in bad taste it is mason do you think it's in bad taste or do you do you not i don't care? know if that's what they meant to do but it, the fact that this was somebody's real life that they're making fun of is and, and not just someone's real life the peter pan's voice actor's yeah. real life like i i don't think it's i think it's intentional plus like they're still making money off of people doing impersonations of this poor kid yeah well my wife has no sympathy for what happened to bobby driscoll she she and was I don't just pretend to know enough she well she was, isn't bobby driscoll the bad kid and leave it to beaver no she's he's the kid that died he's the he was no, the was boss. Haskell, but bobby driscoll it? just sounds like a 1940s sound like school it. bully <laughs> Like, she's like, you picked up heroin, you made that choice, and that's what happened. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> like, it's... No, I mean, no, yeah. I, I, don't think he, I don't think he's shocked by what happened. I think he's shocked by the oh, lack of sympathy. Yeah. He's like, sort of you died penniless on the street addicted to heroin. Look in the mirror. There's whose fault to this. <laughs> you could have scraped for some change. You didn't have to die penniless. You could have had ten you cents in You weren't enough for BJ's on the street. It's your own fault. This will probably get cut out. <laughs> the NYPD and my wife came blaring through. <laughs> no kidding. It's your own fault. Kick him once down. No. Addiction is a choice. <laughs> I'm killing all of this. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no. It, I, so I, I feel so so about it. It's too close for it to not be intentional. Uh, yeah, I yeah. feel if it was another character and they put that spin, but yeah, no, I think you're right, Josh. It's it's that exact character. So yes, I, I just don't feel like it's I don't feel like it's hurting anyone necessarily because he doesn't have any family alive. I don't think he does. <laughs> like, so, no, who, so the, like the no. big reactions we got out of this were like, and nobody is alive who remembers him. <laughs> Let's go pee Nobody on his remember. grave. So what? <laughs> or like, oh, he died. Oh, did somebody get addicted to crack? Oh, <laughs> oh boo-hoo. My wife and kids are dead. <gasps> oh, I don't care if it's I am up. openly saying I might... I, 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 I am happy to be corrected here. Happy to be corrected. But I don't feel like the joke of the character is hurting anyone. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's so specific that why joke about it? <laughs> like, if you're deep in IMDb trivia, then you're like, oh, they did that? That's kind of messed up. And then you move on with your day. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I, I hear you. I don't like it, but I don't. it doesn't offend me, I guess. It, just, it more I'm... surprised me that... I guess the whole movie kind of surprised me that the Disney company... <laughs> Yeah, when, no, it like really that they does. allow someone to take the original Peter Pan design and make it turn it into like a really sad sack villain or like yeah. some of the stuff they got away with yeah. in a PG do, do movie. Like, yeah, do do you feel like Disney put this on Disney Plus to kind of hide it away? No, like, or was it always going to Disney Plus? I uh, I think this. I think was the budget going. shows that it was always meant for Disney Plus. I think if it was theatrical, they would have tried a little harder on some of the animation stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I I've really... done a few more takes of the uh, act. Not to harp on this poor actress, but. Uh, because I know she's acting with nothing, and she's not getting a lot to work with. But a few more takes when she's, like, talking. 
like when she's in the den with Chip and Dale, yeah, all this nostalgic merchandise, just a, just some some, like when she's fighting with uh, J.K. Simmons, that's great. That's all great stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is he is he CG or did they actually do like uh, some stop like motion? Like the Muppet right CG, the stop motion is CG. Yeah, it's all CG. The the stop motion looks legitimate, and I think for the most part the Muppet. Uh, chef, yeah, I, I looks like the a Muppet. Puppet. I, I had the it. fact that I had to look it up. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. the worst is when they like put like their CG disguises two D over like a live action character. I like it in principle, but it doesn't it looks so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Something's one, one off. One character's completely cell shaded, and you can tell it's cell shaded, and then they're just like uh, Chips got a normal denim jacket on. Yeah, well. I understand it in the idea of it, but also, I don't know. It, it's not executed well enough. Yeah. Well, well I think we there's a way to do the, it, right? Yeah, we can harp on the effects part of it all day long. Because, like, we already did Roger Rabbit on this show, and that's how you do that, right? But, like, yeah. was it worth it for the jokes or the satire? I don't I, think so. Really? It wasn't I, 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 saying enough. It was saying too much, but... It, like Joker, I think it was saying more than it thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like, it, like the film looks like it's almost making an argument of which is better, hand drawn or three D. You know, it, but but by making Chip a technically a CG character, exactly, you, you're 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 showing your preference. You're showing your bias. That's fair. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. I like I like the jokes. I like the idea. The, uh, the, I, th- I think it's uh, it is nowhere near the level of Roger Rabbit. No. but I think the idea of the film of of uh, making knockoffs and things like that and, and CGI surgery, like yeah, that's those absolutely, are all funny ideas. Yeah, they're yeah. valid ideas that I think fit into the world of Roger Rabbit because I think we even talked about that in that episode about uh, why is Mickey uh, in color when he started off black and white and stuff like that. Oh, there's like, way like, more nitpicky stuff in this new one, though. Like, they sacrifice, like, consistency for a joke when they, like, pull a Lost Boy out and he hasn't aged at all. Right? Yep. That, that was my question. And I'm the like, voice is completely funny. wrong. The voice yeah. is completely wrong. They picked wrong. the one Lost Boy that that voice doesn't work for, because the bear Lost exactly. Boy, he talks a lot yeah. like this. Tink said it was a bird. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you want to know a weird voice actor? Not even a voice actor. A weird person that just shows up in this movie? Do you know who voices Baloo? Yeah. Yeah. I saw this. Very strange. Stephen Curtis Chapman, right? Yeah. That's so weird. This random Christian singer uh, who apparently has voiced Baloo before in video games has done uh, Tom O'Malley from the Aristocats and other things. So, like, he's had a working relationship with Disney in the past. Do you? That's another consistency issue because they imply that that is the same Baloo from the 1960s uh, uh, Jungle Book, and he got done up for the remake. with The John John Favreau Jungle Book, yeah. It doesn't sound a thing like Bill Murray. Yeah, but then... When we Lumiere. see Lumiere, it's yeah. regular classic yeah. Lumiere. So what the but, heck? But, it, but it's also weird that Lumiere's in like, for lack of a better phrase, the loser corner. Yeah. Like I, I don't understand why they put. They just wanted to do that. Oh, Lumiere bows and lights the money joke, and that was it. I guess. I, I don't mon- know. 
I don't know. I, that, I think it's things like that where it was clearly not thought out enough. Like, they thought out a joke to a certain point and then just left it there. Like, they yeah. thought just having Ugly Sonic in itself would be funny enough and then just, yeah. at least in my opinion, didn't give him anything particularly funny to do. Right. Well, I think I think Ugly Sonic's better than the backup they had. Yeah. What was the backup? Jar Jar. If they couldn't get Ugly Sonic, it was going to be Jar Jar Binks. Oh, that's... Which I think is that's incredibly cruel, cruel considering what uh, Ahmed... What Ahmed, he went through? Ahmed Best. Ahmed Best. And knowing and, Disney, yeah, they would have gotten someone about. else to do the voice, too. It, it would have been so inconsiderate and cruel. I would have probably turned it off. Cause yeah. yeah. I, I, it would have made the film... It would have tanked it. I I feel yeah. I would have turned it off. Oh, prequel lovers are at an all high all time high. So you they made the right choice. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I I think it wouldn't have worked for what they wanted that character to be. It, it would have been a very out of. Uh, oh wow! I had the. It, it's not a relevant joke anymore. Yeah. Right. Well, but to- oh, why go through the trouble to get? The actual likenesses for Butthead and Randy Marsh from South Park and do nothing with them. Like, that couldn't have been cheap. Uh, or, or it could have cost them no money because they just threw it in in the background. Yeah. And it's like Disney a verbal handshake sort of with thing. Anything. That and... I are, are they under Fox? I don't know. No, South Park, Beavis and South Butthead, Park's... and Sonic are all under Paramount. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm more shocked by the... The Batman cameo. Yeah, E.T. versus Batman legitimately had my jaw on the floor. I'm like, how yeah. did you do this? Right? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I like, it's just... not even particularly funny. Like, if you just say Batman versus E.T., yeah. e. we all could have come up with the punchline they arrive at. Yeah. yeah. But, but like, I'm surprised because of how much, like, Disney screwed over Warner Brothers with Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. That they, or like, how much sure. South Park hates Disney. Like, why would you even attempt that? Yeah. I, I would have assu- had to assume Trey and Matt weren't even involved in that conversation. And that's really crappy. Yeah. And it's probably but, true. But, like, like I get it that no Looney Tunes characters show up in this. Well, uh, technically, yes, no. We get Foghorn cameo. There are, three, there are three references. So there's a Phineas and Dodo bird, like, hybrid that's walking yeah. out when they free the... the uh, bootleg tunes. Um, when Pete's transforming, you see a Bugs Bunny foot at one point. Mm, yeah. And then yep. there's the actual Foghorn Leghorn frozen dinner from the '90s and uh, Chips Freezer at one point. Yeah. That's, those are the three I caught. I, I'm just surprised that Warner Brothers was even willing to play ball because there's even a, like a uh, Harry Potter reference in the background with Dobby somewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They Dobby has but a some coochie. of these background references like. Sound expensive. Yeah. Yeah, I just I, I don't know and how that works. The Batman Batman, I think I, I think I figured out how they did that where um they say the name Batman, but it's not tied to any visuals at the time, and then you show the the A silhouette yeah, of a bat like bat like clearly from BVS. Well, maybe clearly enough. Enough. Like, like we have enough cultural awareness where we can read that into. Yeah, but she. The but ET never called. I. I don't know how they did ET. To be clear, but well, that's the actual design they use. Yeah. So, but the bat. But she. Um, but ET says like, uh, "Forgive Bat," Batman. not 
Batman. Uh, Bat. And then you think it's the... all under fair use and like because it's Disney, no one's gonna go for him. Maybe. I don't know. I think I, mean, I think I, they I skirted like, around. I feel like Disney Disney has a good enough relationship with Amblin. Yeah. Still. I did Not like how they picture perfect, probably but got it's permission there. for Robert Zemeckis for uh, Roger Rabbit and then proceeded to to hate on Robert Zemeckis' mocap Later face. Work. Yeah, it's like that's like some of it came across as really mean, and that's not anything. Like, like Roger this, Rabbit was never mean about any of it. This film absolutely takes its shot at Katzenberg. I didn't catch that. Uh, the first DreamWorks character we see in this movie is a Shrek shampoo bottle, and we immediately oh, see it incinerated. Yeah. Oh, see, it just comes across like even nastier than Shrek, because at least Shrek had heart to it, you know? Yeah. The, the like it evolved. That... Shrek evolved beyond Katzenberg's like Disney hate project. This I don't yeah. think. No. Whatever it was trying to doing, it it, it never came across as like genuine. It just and felt that, mean. And that's the shame of it, because of the Disney Afternoon properties. First of all, just alone, those alone have so much potential to even now. Sure. I think there's a vast untapped well. Yeah. Uh, what hit me at the, towards the end was if you're going to make this a Disney afternoon movie, why is this not a Bonkers movie? And Bonkers shows up at one point. Yeah. Yeah, that's what made me think. Wait a second. Bonkers was literally a Disney afternoon character who was a cop solving tune-based mystery. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, this absolutely could have been a great Bonkers movie, but no one likes Bonkers except for me, so... Yeah. I like Bonkers. I just like it. Imp- I really like stuff that no one else likes. Animaniacs get some good cracks yeah. at the bo- Bonkers crowd, and I, I don't know what... I don't know what Bonkers did to those poor people. <laughs> like, because Animaniacs is an Amblin product, is that why it hates Bonkers so much? No, I just think they think Bonkers was a crappy show, which it kind of was. Yeah, it, 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 half All of right. it is terrible. Yeah. So, I, I you have a lot of stuff there. I mean, untapped things now are like Gargoyles would be an amazing thing to work with. You had the DuckTales... Not for that plot. Well, no, 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 no. I'm I'm just saying in general as a concept. There's a lot in there. I've I've argued that you could even bring that into Marvel, but I'm I'm not going to... That's not the point of where I'm going. Um, (laughs) But uh, the DuckTales reboot completely revitalized uh, that, that property and even, like, brought in... Uh, Darkwing in an incredible yep. way. The Darkwing episodes took, are phenomenal. Took some risks. Yeah, yeah took absolutely. Some... They're the only episodes I've watched of the show, actually. Yeah, I've watched a little bit. Character. I've watched a little bit because I wanted to learn more. Like, that stimulated me to learn more about the show. Um, but what I've watched has been phenomenal. That's great. Um, yeah, and like, like they, they brought back Darkwing. They brought back Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Uh, and they, they even had gummy bear references in that show. Yeah. They yeah. They had everything and they everything did it well and with true. heart and with, and with yeah. tact, tact. And so when I heard that, that Tailspin. rescue oh, rangers was coming back, I thought, Oh cool. It'll be something of like this. It'll be a big adventure. And then we get this. So I'm a li- I was a an li- actual re- rescue rangers fan looking for an actual Rescue Rangers movie, you will be sorely disappointed. Have you seen uh, the 
the the like the incels that get upset got upset about um you all shared that nastiness with me <laughs> I think that's oh, the funniest ooh, thing. Yeah, that was disgusting. Like, that I could have gone disgusting. my whole life without knowing that, so thank you. Uh, <laughs> it, oh, that was disgusting to see how yep. people, how upset some people were getting about the Zipper. The Lola Bunny crowd is back, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Zipper is like just about a mouse in I a jumpsuit. I got a lot suit. of problems with you people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was it was gross. Like they're like it destroys it it tramples all laws of nature and she was my innocent Shrek and Donkey is okay though. <laughs> you had a crush on a mouse, sir. Please calm down. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. It's gross. I uh, will say that this is better than Space Jam a new legacy by quite absolutely. a lot. I, yeah. I think there's actual the effort tr- and creativity being put into this. Yeah, the, I, I think of all the projects that tried to be Roger Rabbit, this is the best. Exactly. One. exactly. I still think Back in Action or the Rocky and Bullwinkle movie are better. Uh, but I don't feel like Back in Action specifically is not trying to be Roger Rabbit. It is. It no, is but just, they live in the same kind of world. The tunes. Yeah. Are working I see in saying. Hollywood. And to that regard, I would say he's right. I would say I back in action looks better. You introduced no, me to I back agree. in action, I, and I, I loved it. Yeah, it understands the source material better because it's Joe Dante. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, I agree. I agree. I'm I'm wrong. I think back in action is obviously the better film. But even if you want to do the cell shaded crap, like the Rocky and Blue Winkle movie does that, but retains the Jay Ward sense of humor. A lot of people don't like that movie, but I like that movie a lot. It. it is the exact same kind of comedy as the original cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's an authenticity to it that I think is lacking here because I I don't know about the whole writing thing, but I would assume that it was I, I do we know who wrote it? Who wrote I this? I can find out. I, Lonely it's Island directed guys. by yeah, one of the guys from Lonely Island. The guy Island. did Hot Rod, which I hated, and then Popstar, which I actually liked pretty well. I haven't seen Popstar, but I actually did Nobody like Nobody saw Hot- Popstar. It bombed hard i actually liked hot rod i, I hate it i like, was i hate that kind of humor <laughs> i hate that it was everywhere i uh i was ugh, hot rod. <laughs> it was like one of the first movies i watched uh, it's like written a... by dan gregory and doug man doug man okay what are these people doug man did the screenplay for doolittle oh good what a uh, hit now yeah it's free on like imdb app or whatever like a year it, it looks so so they both both of these guys are coming off of crazy ex-girlfriend they, they wrote that Apparently together they were both like that show i confuse it with my super ex-girlfriend from the great I, I like filmmaker I, I think I've, Ivan seen, I've seen the first season and i, I think it's a really well-made show i like and rachel I, I, bloom is her name yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i've seen her yeah. in some stuff she's funny yeah, I, I, my favorite story with her is she tried to get Mel Brooks to play her grandfather on the show. Aww. And she had met him twice, and she said she got on a phone call with him, and it's the best thing Mel ever said to her is, I'm not playing your effing grandpa, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, let's see. They wrote the that Billy Crystal, Josh Gad HBO show called The Comedians. What a hit. Right. So it just kind of looks like Earth to Ned. They were writers of that Jim Henson talk show that on Disney good. Plus, and it's uh, it's okay. from an Animaniacs. Writer. All right, so that's how they got there in with Disney Plus, though. They also wrote for Magic Camp. 
a Disney Plus movie. Oh, the one with the Pitch Perfect guy. Yep. Yay. So, Fish yeah, I guess that, won't that's how they got in bed with Disney. I never, ever would be in bed with Disney. <laughs> so, speaking of movies that Disney buried, let's talk about the Bob's Burgers movie. Oh. Well, he didn't get to see it. I, by all means, talk about it, though. Oh, you haven't seen it yet? I No, I have not. I have not been able to get to the theater. I liked it a lot. It's gorgeous. You'll love it. Just yeah. It, yeah, it looks amazing. Like it, like, it looks better than the Simpsons movie. Like, the Simpsons movie looks really stiff after watching the Bob's Burgers movie. That, yeah. Interesting. I, it's well, a lot bouncier. They, like, push what the character models can do. It's great. I will say yeah, they've always done that. Even in TV, I really like. Well, they even go further here. Like, there's some shots of Louise where they change the eye shape, and it's like it's really cool. I, I mm. will say that this film does have a very special um, achievement that no other film has had ever for me in my film ex- in my okay. theater experience. Something happened to me at the theater watching this film that's never happened Did to me you before. Yourself? No, I fell asleep. No! I fell asleep. What? You fell asleep? I fell asleep. I've only done that for one of the live-action Ninja Turtle Nickelodeon movies. I've done it for one MCU movie, and I'm really ashamed to tell you which one it is. Oh, please. Black Panther. It was Black Panther. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I felt terrible. Like, towards the middle, it was getting a little repetitive, and I was like... But then yeah. there was giant rhinoceroses on screen, and I was like, ooh. <laughs> I fell asleep like the fifth time I saw Inside Out in theaters. Oh. No, I think that one was my bad. I remember you fell You saw that yeah. five Yeah, we went to see it with your theaters? parents. I'm like, I've seen this film already so many you times. You didn't have to go. I don't even remember why you went. Because I wanted to meet your parents. <laughs> I remember. It was your mistake. <laughs> they didn't seem impressed with me. Most parents aren't. <laughs> Well, try growing up with them, all right? <laughs> it was just odd, because I usually do really well with parents. Uh, it was Mason's birthday, and he's very bitter about that. All right, we'll move on. <laughs> I, I moved on. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm going to chalk it up to the chairs just being super comfy. But uh, Oh, yeah, the second time I saw Top Gun Maverick, I was in those comfy chairs, and I was like... For a little bit in the middle, and then a loud yep. noise would happen. I'd be like, Ugh. "Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> we're under attack I'm from the enemy! <laughs> the enemy! Oh yeah. no, it's the enemy! So we can sell this to China." Oh, I love what red star? Don't look for it. It's not there. <laughs> now, Mace, Mace, either of you could answer this. Do they say who the enemy in the first one is? No, they don't. They keep them no. vague and black. So that's a Top the, Gun the black tradition mask on as well. Yeah. So you could just say Probably it's in Russia homage. back then. Oh yeah, no, it was 100. Oh, absolutely. Russia. Might be Russia both times. <laughs> we don't know. It really probably is. I mean, this sat on the shelf since 2018, so maybe it's not Russia. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Mason's falling asleep again just, just thinking, thinking about the Bob's Burger Bob's movie. <laughs> I'm sorry you didn't like it. No, like, I did it like twice, it. I did and like it. And I love it. I liked it just as much as I liked Lupin. Oh, that's mean. 
To who? That's mean to me over Lupin. It's mean to Bob's Burgers over your opinion of Lupin. Uh, it's which is a shame. For, very, for a lot of reasons. Because I love I love Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers. I didn't know how much you guys were fans. Because, like, oh, yeah. I'd been showing... Like, JC doesn't like any adult cartoon. She's like, I hate The Simpsons, South Park. I don't like that kind of humor. But I got her into Bob's Burgers, and she loves it. And we'd been watching through for the past few months. Yeah, well... Because Bob's Burgers humor is so grounded. Yeah. I think and it's, it's more wholesome, like... The family dynamic is a lot more interesting because they just Absolutely. flat out love each other. Yeah. Yeah. And are weird and accept that about each other. Yeah. Exactly. They, they, they are uh, the best example of an animated family. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Agreed. the crazy thing is, you, you know, back, I, I don't know, from like December through whatever, a couple months ago, I was watching through King of the Hill. Um, so I, fa- I found, you know, that show. There is so much inner interconnectivity between king of the hill and oh, that's what people have been saying that they the, are very similar one it has one of the same producers um jim uh jim dotrieve uh came mm. right off of uh king of the hill to this and then um the, there's even one character in, um in like a peer like a group me- mediator for um like anger management course that Hank takes in one season is supposed to be Mr. Frond, uh, or same voice no actor, same, way. yeah, similar design, yeah, exact yeah. same outfit. So um, you have, and and I really think King of the Hill is was a predecessor where it's just a good family thing. There's nothing super crass. Right. It's not smut. It's not, you know, any of that. It's just a family, and it's it's like it's. I, I think it, now it gets a bit of a of a, um, a conservative rap, but it's a very pi- bipartisan show where it's not. Yeah. It's very it's very harmless. It's making fun of Hanks, I guess, very red statey nature. Yeah, about yeah. Him. But at the same time, you know, he shakes uh, George W.'s hand in uh, in two thousand, and he's like, he has a limp. Hand. And so he doesn't know if he can vote for him now, you know. So, um, so I, it's one of those yeah. shows where if you don't understand how to read, it's like the Colbert Report. Like Colbert, was character was very red, but if you understood what was actually happening, you know it's mocking the right, not not being a it's, part of it's it. It's not even. It's not even that it's trying to mock it. He's not even. No, I, I think. Because uh, I've been, I was watching this and like political on, analysis on Hank Hill the other day because I'm obsessed with it now, um, and it's like I don't and he th- this guy is saying you know I don't think I think he's just Republican by nature, uh, or just kind of out just as a natural thing. But there are many times where he might start with a start an episode with a more conservative view on something, but then realizes either, Hey, this isn't as bad as I thought it was. As long as they're cool and I'm cool, we're going to be fine. Or just flat out saying, Hey, this thing that I thought was bad was, is actually really great. And I enjoy it and I enjoy it with my son. Um, so, you know, he, it's about someone with a very conservative mindset coming in, like experiencing kind of the, vast opening of the world especially at that time in history because it's you know around the beginning of the 2000s and stuff and realizing you know mm-hmm. hey all this stuff this new things these new things and new new ideas isn't aren't as bad as i thought it was and i should kind of can kind of get over those prejudices or or you know preconceived notions and such 
I'm just going to say the man who made Idiocracy is not conservative. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, no. <laughs> so, yeah. That's all the evidence I need. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should talk more about Mike Judge because I, I legitimately love Beavis and Butthead. And that's such a show, that's a hard show to sell anybody on because if you don't get it, you're kind of like. Oh, so it's just these annoying kids. And I'm like, no, it's so much more. What yeah. are you saying through these stupid kids? Yeah, yep. <laughs> and that's coming back. And I'm going to have to get a month of Paramount Plus again for it. <laughs> but I'm very but, excited. Yeah. It, it's satire in its best form. Yeah. Well, um, the character of Boomhauer on, on King of the Hill is based on an angry phone call Mike Judge got from someone who <laughs> saw an ad for Beavis and Butthead, but they had such a thick Texas <laughs> accent. They, he was like, dang on a little real of, got dang old hanky and butthole. And I got a, he genuinely thought the show was called Hanky and Butthole. So, so he just took it and turned it into uh Boomhauer on, on uh, King of the Amazing. Hill. And you had to be really ticked off back then to find the creator of a show's phone number and then and call, call them at yeah. home. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just yell at them on Twitter in the 90s. No. Exactly. <laughs> All righty. So I, I think that about wraps it up, yeah. huh, boys? Yeah, we're closing in on so hour two. So next, next episode, have you guys heard of True Stories? I have not. True Stories? Talking Heads movie? No. I, I've heard there David are many Byrne. films based on true stories, but I have not seen the singular true story. All right. I'm going to have you guys watch the trailer tonight in preparation, but you're in for you're in for a treat. I can't wait. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Who's in this does film? It, it, does it have John Goodman? Yes. <gasps> okay, I'm okay, there. I think I know it. I think He's I know six, it. He's 6'3 and maintains a very consistent panda bear shape. <laughs> 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 you're in for a treat. It's I, I showed it. To some buddies of mine, just on a whim the other day, and like they really got into it. Awesome, fantastic! Alrighty, and I'm it's a it's excited. about a bunch of people in Virgil, Texas, Mason. Oh, wonderful! Mm-hmm. Got to get those Texans in here. Yeah. We got to get someone to listen to this podcast. Yeah. So if you're in Texas, how are we doing in the ratings? Uh, I don't know. Mason usually I, follows. I'm the keeper. Have you been checking the Nielsen so boxes? We've been steadily, <laughs> so steadily every episode been losing uh 10 listeners so. <laughs> oh my gosh it's so much worse than i thought it was gonna be i think that's the best we've ever done yeah so we had i think we had like 40 something for our for the roger rabbit episode so 10 episodes no, what every episode 10 people decide this ain't for me and drop off <laughs> i can't believe we had 40 listeners yeah. ever yeah, so we had 40, then 30, and then 20. So Lupin's probably going to get 10. 10? Uh, uh, yeah. We're going to have no listeners by the time we the do The final uh, insult. Now, they're doing foreign films? Not for me. Not for me. Um, so Just wait till we get to the silent black and white pictures. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, Chappie, what have you done to our ratings, Chappie? No, no. Hey, I... I mean, Mason's Mason's uh, description of us on Spotify, I think, is perfectly like combative enough to get those ten people out. Oh like, yeah! Hey, if you don't like what we do, screw you! There's the door. 
Yeah. Which I think matches, uh, you know, all of our vibes. Oh, I yeah. think we all, you know, put off that vibe in this show. Good riddance to bad rubbish. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, if... Uh, if you are still listening and would like to uh, check us out in other areas, you can find me on Twitter at Josh Made This and on Instagram at Maybe Josh Made This. Mason? Um, you can find me uh, on Twitter and TikTok at unofficial, uh, sorry, Mr. Unofficial CEO. Uh, That's Mr. Unofficial CEO to you, sir. And if you have any direct questions for me and me alone, you can email me. At Mr. Unofficial TikTok at gmail.com. At CompuServe.com. You got an email I got an email address. I got. I, Mason's going hard um, on this. He's getting invited I to the Haunted Mansion premiere. I remember when my mom got her first Earthlink and her, her, her whole world was rocked. <laughs> so, yeah. And um, I, I have, you know, feel free to send me an email with a question. I hope you enjoyed our Jack Frost retrospective. <laughs> Tune in next time. And you can find Tyler on Instagram at... I think it's tyler yaney super genius. So he's still using it. That so far, so good. All right. Dropped off for a minute there. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If... Uh, if you could leave us a review, I guess we might need it. So Tell your uh, you friends. Tell your now. friends. Yeah. Trick you them into thinking it's a better podcast. Stars. Yeah. <laughs> what are you into? And don't just go giving us five Stamp stars. Stamp collecting. And, and That's what it. they talk about. <laughs> Give us an honest number of stars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We'll uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right. Here we go. Quiet. Problem. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. I see you shiver with every discipline. Taking your first step into a larger world. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. Isn't that a daisy? We'll make it for me. It's a describable beautiful. It reminds me of the 4th of July. artificial entertainment it's like a game for my tongue <laughs>